Hey guys, you're listening to Totally Stoked Podcast with Amelia Travis, yoga teacher and wild child turned multi-six-figure business coach, writer, speaker, and spiritual warrior. Totally Stoked is an experiment in radical honesty. On this show, there's only two rules, show up and tell the truth. Each week, we share uncensored, truth-telling, shame-busting conversations with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries, and modern-day mystics revealing their rise to thrive stories, current challenges, and sharing their most powerful tools for awakening, growth, and well-being. This is your place to let down your guard, open your heart, and remember that being human is a crazy, wild ride, but you don't have to do it alone. So buckle up, baby, because we're heading full speed ahead to radical self-love and a totally stoked life. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to Totally Stoked Podcast with your host, Amelia Travis. This week, I am so excited to share an incredible guest who has made a really powerful impact in my life and who I know is capable of making an impact in your life as well. Um, I'm here today with my friend Raquel Reyes, who is a free-spirited astrologist specializing in evolutionary astrology and predictive transit astrology. And if you're like, what the heck are those things? Well, get stoked because we're about to share that with you today. Raquel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Amelia. I love your energy. So being able to share in this together today is really special for me. Yes. So we met recently, um, summer of 2019, I was in my 33rd year, still am, and I had set the intention this year for integration. And the two big things that I was mainly looking at integrating were the divine feminine and divine masculine um, with the purpose of really being able to let go of some of my um, childhood and adolescent trauma, let go of some of the church wound that I had and really move into the next um, iteration of myself or the next evolution of myself as I am called to be in service to women. So Raquel, I reached out to you because um, I just felt like there was an eclipse season in the middle of summer 2019. And I felt this really strong pull to understand how that eclipse season might be affecting me on a personal level, on a business level, on a family level, and then really on like the soul spirit level. Um, So I reached out to you and I had you know, I try to limit my expectations, you guys, like expectations are one thing I try to manage in life. So I reached out to you to do a natal chart reading, a birth chart reading, and was absolutely blown out of the water by the experience that I had with you. We did a 75-minute a, a call. You took me through my natal chart, so where the planets were at birth, and then also a progress chart, so where the planets, I believe, have, have moved after 30 years, and really spoke life into me on so many levels, gave me confirmation and affirmation of things that I was wondering about and really a lot of clarity going forward um, about what I might want to be doing with my business, my life, having children. I mean, all of these, these huge things. Um, so if, if you guys are listening and you're brand new to astrology, I would love for us to give people a little bit more context than maybe what they're used to, you know, which was like growing up and like reading your daily horoscope in the newspaper. Um, Can you give us a little background on like, what is astrology and how did it find you? Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to just interject really quick and say that um, for you to seek astrology at a time that you were thinking about mother and father wound was right on time with the eclipses because the eclipses in 2019 this past summer were all about the female and male energies that we experience here on earth as they live in astrology. And so with astrology, what's, what I love about it and what really drew me to it was the same exact type of energy. I was in a time in my life that I was seeking and I found astrology to be a really useful tool But at the time that I had discovered it, I knew that I was a Virgo sun, and I knew that I had been reading my little horoscopes in the back of magazines, like every time I'd go to the grocery store and I'd be waiting in line, it was kind of just something parlor and novelty that sometimes I thought it was accurate, and then other times I was like, I'm not into that. Mm -hmm. And so when I had discovered it, I realized very quickly that it's so much more than that. 
and that there's actually not just your sun sign. There are 10 other major planets that all live in our personal natal charts that tell this really beautiful slash complicated slash exciting story about our journeys here. And so for anyone who is really new to astrology, I would invite you to you know, open your mind to the idea that if you have felt boxed in by it, where it's like, okay, I'm a Gemini and everyone says that Geminis are this and Geminis are that and it feels limiting, know that that's not truly how astrology is actually meant to be practiced and we can go so much further. And the point of it and the idea of it is actually to break out of boxes and to break out of constructs and limitations that we feel might be holding us back. And so really astrology is not something to believe in necessarily. It's, it's something to be enjoyed. Mm, that's awesome. So for the just general principles of astrology and forgive me if I butcher it, because this is just like something I made up in my mind and I've always held to, and it may not be like, I'm putting this in quotes, you guys like the right answer. But um, what I've understood is like, there's the macrocosm and the microcosm, right? So we have the universe or, and then the solar system, the galaxy, all the planets that we're talking about in astrology that are in our galaxy or our solar system, right? And then we have essentially a microcosm within us. Now, if you've ever looked at like a picture of, of a galaxy and all of the stars, and then you've looked at a macroscopic, like, or no, a microscopic um, thing of the inside of the human body, it's like incredible how they look the same, right? So is there any truth in this, Raquel, to like the fact that our inner environment mirrors the outer environment or where the planets were at the time of birth? Is that the concept behind a natal chart? Yeah. And that's a really great way to look at it because essentially it's this idea of like, and I think that, you know, we can resonate with this where like sometimes when the moon is full, we might feel really tired or we might feel agitated or we might feel edgy. It's that this idea that the planets ultimately all govern a certain part of ourselves, whether it's like the moon sign representing our emotions or Mercury representing our communication. And so at the time of birth, if we're born into that energy, it's this theory that all of those planets and all of that energy, we carry that with us for the rest of our lives and we get to work with that energy. It's resonance, it's what's familiar to us. So if you do have, for example, a moon in Aries, whenever the moon in Aries happens in the sky, you feel a total connection to your emotions, your internal self. And so what it is, is we have these energies within us and then as the planets in the sky move, because they do sometimes on the daily, we get to, experience how that feels for us. And so astrology is really feeling based and it's all about exploring our nuances and self-acceptance really of those. So do you feel like for you, astrology has been a potent tool because it's a gateway into greater self-awareness? Does it give you more compassion for yourself? Because I know, like I think about people who I know who are you know, super scientific or what I would call like devout atheist or hyper skeptical of anything that is um, not tangible, right? Things that aren't accessible in the realm of just like matter and like I can see it, I can touch it. Um, but I have found like in my life, throughout my life, that I've gained a lot of comfort from astrology because it affirms, it often affirms experiences that I'm having internally. And that's almost like it gives me permission to be able to be in the emotional experience that I'm having without being so hard on myself or saying, you know, I shouldn't feel like this, or I'm hysterical right now for no reason, putting that in quotes again. Um, so I feel like it can be a really comforting tool for people. And, and you're saying also fun, right? Yeah. So it's funny that you said permission because I would say that's the operative word that I'm constantly using when I'm explaining what astrology has to offer to us here on our journeys. It's also clarity. And so, yeah, I've completely learned how to like integrate things because of astrology where perhaps there were parts of myself that 
maybe I was fearful and you know, it still comes up to this day. I'm fearful to face it. I'm fearful to explore it. Things like ego and shadow and you know, even trauma lives within the chart because our chart tells a story, right? And so you can go back in time with astrology and you can play around with linear time. And so I found it to be something that I utilize to not only empathize with myself, but also other people. And after opening hundreds of charts, it is now impossible for me to not empathize with every single person that I encounter. And so it really is a lesson in, yeah, self-mastery, self-understanding, but also opening ourselves up to a different consciousness and compassion when it comes to the people in our external world. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited to eventually book, I forget the name of it, but like a couple's reading for myself and my husband to see if we can understand the way our charts work together. That's something that you offer as well, right? I, I do. It's called a synastry reading. And what it does is it takes your natal chart. So for those listening, if you're like, what, what is a natal chart? Um, it's, it's a wheel and um, it's like a little map. And everyone has a natal chart and everyone has the same structure to their chart, but the planets are in different places doing different things. So what we want to do in a synastry is we take your chart and another person's chart and we layer them on top of one another. And it shows how personal planets and personal energies influence the other person. And so that's for better or for worse. There's no such thing as perfect synastry. And in fact, when I look at synastry, I love to see the, you know, now I'm air quoting the complicated aspects, mm -hmm. which for us in astrology, they're squares, oppositions. I love seeing those because I believe that those are opportunities for both people to like step up, to grow, to kind of expand the limits of what their comfort zones might be. It creates friction. Friction creates passion. And passion really is the basis of, I think, all successful relationships. Mm, I love that. Um, so Raquel, I want to back up a little bit and let our listeners get to know you because you have a really, really powerful story. Um, and you are, can I ask how old you are? Um, yes, of course. So I am 30 and I am actually turning 31 in like three days. Okay. So you're 30 years old. She's absolutely gorgeous. You guys will see her when you go follow her on, on Instagram. Um, and we'll give you her social handles at the end here, but absolutely gorgeous, beautiful energy, amazing woman, and really rising to thrive in, in your career and creating success for yourself financially and doing it on your own terms. I mean, if someone had told you 10 years ago, Hey, Raquel, when you're 30, you're going to be successfully making your way in the world as an astrologer. You're going to be making more money than you ever have. You're going to be supporting yourself, sustaining yourself. And, and right now you're, you're joining me from Tulum. You're in Mexico in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Um, would you have believed that that's where your path was going? Um, absolutely not. And I say that like with grace and being completely humbled into my experience. Um, you know, 10 years ago at 20, I was really kind of living small and hiding a lot. And I didn't necessarily know how to embrace all parts of myself. I was very much so living under the construct that was imposed upon me by my upbringing and you know the expectations that I thought society was creating for me. And I was really, really, really living below this limitation. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely a time in my life that um, you know I was just very young. And so I really empathize with that time. But learning astrology and really going through my Saturn return, which happens for everyone between the ages of 27 and 30, that's when I really got in touch with like my center and my core values and like what the hell I'm actually looking for. But yeah, at 20 years old, I didn't think that it was something that was achievable. And everything that I'm doing now, I would only see other older women doing it. And I would be envious and mm -hmm. I would be jealous and I would be resentful. So, you know, I've definitely come a long way and astrology has been a really, really, really important tool for me on the journey. Thank you so much for sharing that because one of the things that I think is super common with women who have a call on their lives to serve is feeling that sense of being triggered and jealous by other high vibe entrepreneurs and other women who they see doing the damn thing because they're like, it's actually the call that's on their life, right? And so the conflict is within them when they see it, they're reminded of the ways that they're out of alignment or haven't quite got, like haven't quite 
got there yet. Um, but I want to unpack that a little bit more because I, I just know that hearing the, um, the reality of our stories and our upbringings and how challenging that might be. And then juxtaposing that against like where you are right now and the success that people are able to see in your life right now really helps us all know that, um, that the, that the future that we imagine is available to us. So, um, I'd love to ask a little bit, like, what's your story of, um, of reaching this life that you're now totally stoked with? Like, how did you get here? Uh, what was your childhood like, your adolescence, and how did those things bring you towards the experience that you're having in life now? Yeah, and thank you so much for asking, because even you asking me this question, you know, even five years ago, I would perhaps be uncomfortable to share. Um, where, whereas today, I'm excited to share. I hope more people ask each other questions like this. Um, so my childhood, my very first memories that were, you know, developed between ages four to six when my theta was being developed were of major trauma. Um, my mom was um, in a relationship with someone who was extremely physically abusive. So as a child, it was like my sister and I kind of like hiding in closets and walls shaking. And we never really knew what was coming next. And we were never really safe. And so I had that experience in my childhood. And, you know, to be quite honest, my mother never really showed us that like that wasn't normal. I, you know, as a second grader thought that every child was going through that. I had no idea that we were different or that this was unhealthy. And even to this day, my mom's just now admitting to us, <laughs> you know, that it was an unsafe environment. So there was a lot of work and healing and forgiveness that I had to experience. Um, so my childhood was this feeling of always just being um, in the background and always just being like some extra weight that my mom had to deal with um, at like, you know, seven years old, I was always very conscious that like, we didn't have money, there wasn't enough, we couldn't have that. So poverty consciousness was something that was really, really, really shown to me very early on, where, um, you know, my sense of self esteem was just non existent, there was nothing to really build me up as a child and as a female, like as a girl. And so I think that, you know, seeing my mom in a situation that was um, the cycle of abuse and a lot of codependency, I did, you know, as early as seventh grade, put all of my self-esteem into whether this boy Reese Lagunas was gonna ask me to the dance or not. And when he didn't and he took Courtney instead, well, oh my gosh, my little world was crushed. And that was a cycle that repeated for me until my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, my childhood definitely had an impact on not only just me as a human, but really me as a female and my you know, mystical feminine vision was something that I had to find on my own because no one even told me that that lived inside of me and that I should go seeking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, I love to hear this story because I think it's a mirror for a lot of women and it may not necessarily have originated for everybody in having you know a parental male figure, whether that was a boyfriend or a husband or a father or whatever of your mom, but like having this, um, desire to be attractive to men, to be, um, to please men, to be, to be good, to be okay, to be what is wanted. Like that's something that we're culturally and socially conditioned into. And the fact that you later recognized that this father wound, this masculine wound was actually driving a lot of behavior I'm 33 years old and I literally just this past weekend in, in a psychedelic meditation really witnessed the fullness of that wound in my life and experienced um, what I would call the collective grief of like all women throughout all history uh, in that oppression. And it was something that was so visceral, like my entire body um, on the physical level was experiencing the weight of it. My subtle body, my pranic body, like my energy bodies were also experiencing this, this um, ocean of grief that we carry as women that I believe we actually all carry, whether or not you have experienced it in this life. Um, and and actually even, you know, men who have incarnated into this life, who have been a woman in a past life, like, well, we all carry this, right? We carry this wound of being feminine and the, and, and being um, subject to the power of the masculine and needing to find our way um, with that in life. So 
what were some of the, the manifestations of that? You said that like your late teens and early twenties, you were partying, you were struggling financially. You felt like you were spiritually bankrupt. Um, and it was really through your twenties. Do you feel like there was a, like a descent into the shadow or a descent into the darkness before you started, before you came to that Saturn's return and started to find your way in the world? Yeah. So when I reflect on it, I can admit that I was very blind to my behavior, to how it made other people feel. I just never stopped to consider things other than myself and my comforts and my privileges and the things that I thought I deserved because, you know, part of my male wounding was that the world owed me something mm -hmm. and that things should just be handed to me. And so I would position myself into, you know, friendships and relationships where things were handed to me. And it's funny because I work with deer medicine myself and so I call this like the wounded deer, you know, um, and I really lived in that space for most of my 20s. And then I had a pretty important relationship with an Aries. And um, it was during my Saturn return where I started to see from a different perspective and a different level of consciousness, how I was actually operating into my life. And, you know, drinking was a really big part of my story. Um, I would say that I was definitely wearing a mask, but not just one. I had like 20 different masks, depending on what I wanted, who I wanted to impress, how I wanted to look, and none of it was truly me. It was really just kind of living out these different facades and just hoping, like, you know, shooting in the dark, just hoping that eventually something would work out. And so, um, you know, during my Saturn return, which, you know, for anyone listening, Saturn is the father of the Zodiac. We call him Daddy Saturn. Um, he comes through with the hard lessons. And so it was during that Saturn return that I realized I had to start fathering myself because no one had ever done it. Mm -hmm. No one had ever shown me any type of structure or responsibility. And I realized in that relationship that by me not having that, I was missing out on fundamental experiences like love, you know, like travel like sharing my gifts with the world. And so the Saturn return for me, it brought a lot of hard lessons. Um, during my Saturn return, I found out that my mom's abusive boyfriend that I remembered from childhood was actually my father. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Uh, so there was, you know, and I realized that that kind of came up during that time so that I could, I could heal that. And so that's exactly what I did. And it wasn't easy, but what it did was it taught me how to not like step out of my comfort zone or leave my comfort zone or abandon what feels good for me, but to just expand the limits on it and expand what it looks like. And so something that in my early 20s was super uncomfortable and off limits for me, all of a sudden started to become very enticing. And I started to do what the Buddhists call, you know, inviting Mara to tea, which was I started setting aside time to be like, okay, shadows, okay, ego, okay, fear come on, sit across the table from me. What's up? What do you have to say? What do you want to show me? And I started finding my mentors and my teachers um, all around me and within the planets. And every hardship that I had, I realized was, you know, that was a lesson. And so I started to slip into gratitude and I started to move myself out of being angry and controlling into being compassionate and conscious. So I want to expand a little bit on what is Saturn's return for people who don't know, because like you said, it's where Saturn returns to mm -hmm. the place where it was when you were born, right? Yes. And this usually happens between 27 and 30. Yeah. So astrology is very mathematical. It's um, actually math before anything else. So it's kind of funny when people say, well, it's not science. And I'm like, well, we don't ever say that it is. It's, it's math, it's ancient metaphysics, and it's psychology is really mm -hmm. the core of it. And so mathematically, all of the planets move at certain degrees at certain speeds. So it takes Saturn between 27 and 30 years, depending on the orbits, to return to that exact place that, yes, he was at your time of birth. And so to give context, my Saturn in my natal chart is in the first house of self and identity and ego. So of course, during my Saturn return, I find out who my real father is and it mm. completely affects my identity and my ego and my sense of self because my identity was that, you know, I didn't need to be fathered and I didn't need that structure and I'm just whatever, doing whatever I want. Um, and so, yeah, it takes a little bit of time for us to experience this transit, but once it arrives, there are very heavy hitting lessons 
for us to experience. And, um, you know, it's very profound stuff. What I've seen for a lot of people, my clients and myself, is that like I sometimes call the Saturn's return period as like almost like a quarter life crisis, though it's not always necessarily a crisis. I feel like it gives you a fork in the road, or this is what I've witnessed a lot, where you kind of have two choices. You can go into like what I call going into the machine, which is like, keep doing the thing you think you're, you should do, you know, kind of following the rules, not chasing your passion, not stepping as much into your authentic self. And in my experience, it looks like when people maybe don't choose that path, then they'll later circle back in their forties or their fifties to this other crisis of like, oh crap, what is my identity? Right. Whereas so many people that I know around 27, 28, 29, it's like they come to terms for the first time with the ways in which they're actually out of alignment with their authentic self and that they have a choice. Like, do I want to stay in the path of comfort and the known, or do I want to witness these wounds, these shadows? Do I want to maybe learn the lessons that Saturn has for me, even if those are hard and walk the path less traveled? Um, and I see it happen a lot. In fact, you know, I know you, you, um, actually work with a lot of women that are in that period as well. And so do I, because it's a time where we, it's like, we can see for the first time clearly like, oh, this is, this is who I actually am and what I actually want. And I have the choice to go in that direction, even though it's really scary, or I can stay on the comfortable path. Um, do you feel like that's something that you see a lot in Saturn's return? Cause I hear you saying it depends where it is in your chart. And I actually don't know where it is in mine or I don't remember. Um, but I definitely, I mean, at 26, no, right after my 27th birthday, we're talking three weeks after my 27th birthday, I quit working for somebody else, the job doing what I loved, but I knew I needed to start my own business. And it was, it was that year that I launched, really launched Stoked Yogi and started um, making my own way in the world. And it, it was, and it, and it turned on, man. It was like, because I had made that choice at that pivotal juncture, the blessings poured out. And it's not that it was always easy. I mean, I spent the first three years banging my head against the wall, trying to figure out how to actually run a profitable business. But I, be, I feel like because I had the courage to do it at that time, like it, it did open up a really, um, a really powerful doorway. Yeah. So your Saturn is in your fifth house, which is the house of Leo. It's the house of romance and creativity and pleasure. And it's all about being like a Leo, shining like the sun, showing everyone what your gifts are, um, expressing your vitality to other people. It's also about performing and not being afraid of being seen. And mm. so, you know, no matter where you have Saturn in your chart, what it does is it really catapults you from youth to adulthood, whether you like it or not. And so from zero to whatever, 27 to 30, we are living under the construct of society and upbringing and all of those things. And so really the Saturn return is an opportunity to break out of that. Now, whether we um, do that in a way that is easy or complicated, that's about free will. You know, astrology can really only take you halfway and the rest is free will like any other system or any other thing that we choose to believe in. But when we do turn 30, no matter what, we have a new astrological natal chart that gets created for the next 30 years and that is the progress chart. So that marks our internal changes. And when we talk about that midlife crisis that we're so used to seeing on TV and it's like the guy buys the red Corvette and he's, you know, mm -hmm. that's the second Saturn return. So Saturn has two returns in our lives. We have the first one at 30 and then we have another one 30 years later. So yeah, if you meet someone who's 65, they're not gonna be the same as they were at 22, they've gone through their second Saturn return. So I, de I tend to work with people who are experiencing their first. And I also have clients that are going through their second because it's another turning point and it's a really big one. Wow. So first of all, you guys, I have to say, if you're listening and you're just like, your curiosity is being peaked and you're just like, I, I want to know about mine. I got to say, yes, you do <laughs> book a reading with Raquel because it's so informative. And I want to share a little bit about what came through in mind because we read my you read my progress chart um and like i said part of the reason that i wanted to to have a reading um this year was 
looking at healing the divine feminine and divine masculine in my life. But it was also because I felt like as an entrepreneur, um, I felt like I had reached the, uh, the limit of how I was able to serve the capacity that I was able to serve in. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was like, kind of what am I supposed to be doing next? Right? So I like that you just mentioned free will and that, um, what astrology can do is kind of point the way, but you still have free will. So without knowing me or knowing anything about me, a couple of the things that you shared with me when you did my um, reading was, uh, one was about um, my communication style. And, you know, one of my biggest shadow areas, you guys, for most of my life is, um, is defensiveness in communication. And that defensiveness is partially related to, especially in romantic relationships, especially with um, men, and in this case, my husband. And part of that is trauma related. So part of that is that um, I spent a lot of years being psychologically manipulated and controlled, years in an abusive relationship. And what happened was I developed a belief that if somebody is unhappy with me, or if I've done something that's displeasing to them, that makes me feel unsafe. And when I'm unsafe, I go into defensiveness to protect myself because um, I would rather be the one that's the aggressor and that's being defensive and that's pushing someone away rather than be able to actually receive, okay, there's something that's upset you and let's work through that together. But this is something I've been working really, really hard on shifting. And one of the things that you shared with me, Raquel, was that there's actually a shift that's also happening on the planetary level where I was able to move from, I think it was Mercury being in like a challenging spot to like Venus being in that spot. And so it was like more love and harmony is coming into my communication and I'm hopefully going to be able to let go and release some of the defensiveness. Is that right? Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful because, you know, in your third house of communication in your progress chart. So this is, you know, from 30 to 60, you know, you've got Mars planet of action in there. You've got Pluto planet of transformation, and then you've got Venus love, beauty, money, which lets us know that actually communication has become your strongest suit. Like it's, it's, there's so much there for you, but it's also about self-expression. And so this, I believe is kind of a new language that your soul gets to step into. But the idea is that maybe you did have to kind of learn those lessons in the 20s before the Saturn return in order to arrive at this place. And now that you've arrived, you get to really expand into it. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I felt most after working with you was was like a like a big sigh of relief. Like I felt like, oh, everything makes sense. Like I have this affirmation of some of the things that are most challenging my life, there's a reason behind them. And then some of the things that I want the most, that I crave the most, that I desire, there's markers that those things will be available to me if I have the courage to take a leap of faith and pursue them. One of the things that you said was, you know, if there's a book in you, write it. And I'm like, girl, I have 300 pages written and it's been sitting in my computer for this long. And you're like, yeah, do it and do it by this date. So it can come out in 2020. And, um, and so you're kind of like a little magical being, right? Like to me anyway, I mean, I'm sure you're like, it's, you know, I hear you saying it's math and it's kind of like science and metaphysics and all of this, but, but we receive it as, as magic. Like, do you think there is, um, mystery and spirit involved like do you is that part of what you do is is in your own into intuitive interpretation of this stuff um or is it really just like any joe schmo could crack open an astrology book and get to the same uh divine wisdom um yeah thank you so much for asking i love that question because while it is study of course you have to kind of have the calling because if any average person begins the study of astrology very quickly, I believe they're going to be very discouraged if they don't have the calling because it does take a lot of, you know, understanding and a lot of empathy and it takes a lot of willingness to know nothing. And there's, it's very humbling because there's always going to be people who know more than you. So you're a lifelong student. It's a lifelong study. And with astrology, you know, looking at my own natal chart, um, I talk about evolutionary astrology a lot. It's something I specialize in. And what that is, is the progression and evolution of 
the human soul, really. So it talks about past lives and it does talk about, you know, innate gifts. And so if you were to look at my chart, you would see that I obviously have past lives in philosophy and astrology. And I've had a lot of profound moments where I've been called to connect into things like here in Tulum, Mexico. I, you know, just a week ago was in a Tamascal ceremony, um, crying and panting and sweating on hour four, connecting in with my ancestors. And one of my intentions for it was to connect in with the planets. And I just kept getting these very heavy messages of like past life experiences using astrology to heal and connecting in with the earth and the solar system. And so there's definitely spiritual aspects to it. And for me, when I work with clients, we can definitely talk about the time and the dates and all of that. But where I really see people start to resonate the most is when I bring up to them things that they probably did in past lives that they're really, really great at, and then what their soul might be here to do today. And that's where it really, really clicks for a lot of people because it's hard to touch into that. We don't just wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I've, I know exactly what my soul's here to do and I've mastered all this path. Like, it just, it's just not natural. We're not wired to do that. The human brain's not. And society certainly doesn't support us doing that type of exploration. So really, if you are a seeker of like the spirituality and the deeper layers, astrology is where it's at. Girl, you, okay. So you guys, one of the things that she told me that like blew my mind was she was like, I want to talk to you about your North node of destiny. And I'm like, Ooh, that sounds so fancy. <gasps> I've never heard of that before. Right. And so she's like, yeah. So your North Node of Destiny, I don't remember where you told me it was, but you were like, it's about recognition. So your soul in this life is seeking recognition. Okay, why is that important to me, you guys? Listen, your girl, my whole life is like, give me a stage, give me a soapbox, give me that microphone. I love attention, all eyes on me. But as a yogi and as, you know, um, and as a woman, there's these conflicting messages that say like, temper your ego, you know, you, you, you shouldn't want all of this attention on you. Um, you know, it's, you're narcissistic, right? And it's like, to be given affirmation and permission of, hey, guess what? Like, recognition can be a beautiful thing. When you look at thought leaders, when you look at change makers, when you look at look at Jesus, look at Nelson Mandela, look at Gandhi, look at Oprah, look at these people who, part of what they're doing in this life is achieving recognition. And that recognition can come from a place of shadow. It can come from a place of light. So one of the things that I think was so powerful for me was it was like you were telling me, Hey, it's okay that you want to write a book. It's okay that you want to have a top rated podcast. It's okay that you want to be recognized in this life for the gifts that you have to share with the world. And that was like, they gave me a lot of freedom, Raquel, because I felt like, okay, then I can move into these gifts and give them a hundred percent of myself. And yes, check the ego and yes, make sure they're aligned with service, but like, it's okay to have that recognition be something that I'm, that I'm searching for in this life. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny, it's, you know, it's your North node of destiny is in the 10th house of career and personal brand. And so that would tell us that your South node past lives is in the fourth house of home and family, which meant that perhaps in your most recent past life, you weren't able to pursue your own career and have a public brand. You were maybe a housewife or you were focused in on your family and you weren't able to be seen. So it's not that you weren't doing things that you know, ultimately our gifts that you're bringing into this life, because look, you're doing it, but it's this idea that we can do both. Now, just like as humans, we are kind of uncomfortable by newness, our souls do that too. So sometimes when we see the North Node, it may or may not be something you're already pursuing, but there's definitely a calling. And, you know, with your North Node of destiny, like Beyonce has this North Node, Britney Spears, Tom Cruise, like Freddie Mercury, people who in order for them to really live out their purpose and, and what they're here to do, they had to be willing to be seen. Mm -hmm. They had to be willing to put, really put their whole selves out there. Mm -hmm. And they're people that, you know, like they, they aren't always like liked and loved, but they do it anyway. Cause that's mm -hmm. their calling. Mm -hmm. God, that resonates with me so hard. Like I, I, this healing that I experienced just this past weekend a huge part of it was the awareness that going forward, there's no more room for me to share 
half truths, which means that as I continue to witness the wounds in my own life, and as I continue to um, choose healing as a way of being, that I have the privilege and the duty to share the whole story. And the whole story doesn't always paint me in a great light. You know what I mean? Because I've done a lot of fucked up shit and made some really <laughs> stupid decisions in my life. But it was like to actually help um, other people heal and know that they're not alone and know that they, no matter what depths of like depravity or, you know, um, shadow they're currently in, that there's the opportunity for them to, to move just as far in the opposite direction, if you will. Um, so, so you just told us a little bit, I mean, the North Node of Destiny kind of gives its own definition. It's about what your calling or your purpose is in this life. And then you touched on the South Node and you said that has to do with like where we have been in past lives. I would love to give people just a quick little rundown, like sun sign, moon sign, rising sign, so that they can have a little bit more context around, you know, if they go to some website after they listen to this and, and want to pull their own um, natal chart, can you give us just a short explanation of what those represent? Of course. So the sun sign is the energy that we output to the world. It is our vitality, our energy. The best way that I love to describe it is that if we are an appliance, the sun sign would be the cord that plugs it in. Now, it's not the oven that cooks the food, but without it being plugged in, the oven just doesn't run. So we really need that sun sign. It's our aspirations. It's what we aspire to be. So no matter where we are in life, we're always going to look at the energy of our sun sign, and it's going to be a vibration that we feel very safe and confident and comfortable to follow. So I look at the sun sign as our guiding light. It's, it shows where we want to show up, just like the sun. It shows where we want to shine. Um, so it's definitely important to know. The moon sign is one of my favorite parts of astrology. It is our internal emotional selves. So if we spend all day outputting all this energy, the moon is like when we get home and we sit on the couch and we get to, you know, just take that mask off and just, it's who we really are. And so the moon sign is important, especially as women, because you'll tend to find that with our cycles, if you start doing moon tracking in astrology, you're gonna start seeing some patterning there. And so the moon can represent um, our mothers, our relationship to our mothers, how we mother ourselves, how we nurture ourselves. Our moon sign shows what our um, innermost needs are and how we might react should our deepest needs not be met. So it's a really important thing to learn. And then the rising sign, the rising sign tends to be our like inner child. It's our spirit. It's how other people view us. It's our coming out to the world. It's how we're viewed. So you could be someone who is, um, you know, you could be a Leo, but if you're a cancer rising, people aren't viewing you as like the performer Leo. They're viewing you as like a nurturer, as mother energy, as someone they can trust and, you know, someone who's going to keep them warm and safe. And so you give off cancer vibes. Mm -hmm. And so for me personally, um, I'm a Sagittarius rising and people always think I'm a Sagittarius because that's just the energy that I give off and I own it. And the rising sign is actually really important in astrology because the planet that rules that sign, that's your whole chart ruler. So that tells us what type of world you're living in. So let's, will you tell me what mine was? Because I went my whole life thinking my rising sign was Gemini. And then you read my charts and I think you told me that it was cancer. Um, yeah, so it's really funny because with, with the rising sign, um, it's something that I think that we, we do or don't resonate with. And it's something that we tend to be able to like embrace easily once we find out. So you are a cancer rising. And so it's very similar to what I just described where people really get this vibration from you that you are safe. And so what's cool about cancer is that it, it's so conscious of like the home and comfort that it walks around like a little crab with its whole house on its back. Mm -hmm. And so cancer energy, it makes people feel really, really warm and it's also feminine energy. And so typically when I see someone with a cancer rising or cancer midheaven or cancer north node of destiny, that really is someone who has a deep calling to do work in the feminine collective for females mm -hmm. and it's it's very profound work and it's you're like the mother hen <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i definitely resonate with that much more than than gemini um as 
the way that others might see me. And I also, my mom's a cancer, my husband's mom's a cancer son, husband's a cancer son. I've been, you know, um, always had that draw to other, to cancer sons. Um, so I think that's so fascinating. So, so you said, um, a little bit ago, you were talking about how astrology can be used to access past lives. Now, is that mainly just through looking at that south node or in what way have you used astrology to gain under because look if if you guys are listening and you're like all this new age shit i don't understand the akashic records versus the astrology versus this versus that so can you give us like the layman's version of like how can astrology give us information about what may have been happening in a past life yeah, so you're going to want to look um, at that south node of destiny because it has really most of the answers as to what was going on with you in past lives and what you mastered, what you're really, really good at. And it's not to say that we can't access those gifts in the here and now, but the only way for them to really come flooding in is if our soul recognizes that we are headed toward that north node. So once we can prove to our soul hey, I am doing this thing that we didn't get to do last time and I know you really want to do this. Look, I'm doing it. Then the soul's like, awesome. Now I'm going to show you like how to utilize all these gifts that we've mastered. But the soul mm -hmm. needs that because it's all about the level up. It's all about the ascension. Mm -hmm. And so if you are someone who believes that we are here to grow and that we are here to ascend and to continually like master new levels, um, the North Node and South Node study, which is evolutionary astrology, is going to be something that you're probably going to be really drawn to we also want to look to Pluto, which is the planet of transformation, and that can show us a lot of information as well. Um, and it kind of depends like how deep you want to go. But even looking at, you know, the 12th house can talk about how maybe how you died in most recent past lives. And I find that like people who have a lot of planets in that 12th house, they perhaps are really afraid of like, um, fast cars or airplanes or, you know, and it's probably because they died in an accident or they died too soon. Or so when you start looking at it like that, people are like, oh my gosh, how did you know? I'm really afraid of like getting in an airplane or I'm really afraid of driving too fast in the car. And so it's good to know that kind of stuff, not to like be super dark or, you know, leaning into like morbid energy, but also why not, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, why not explore that as well? There's, there's a lot of shadow that we can kind of find in the chart and of course, shadow work is a really, really, really awesome way to learn about ourselves. I'm just so fascinated by this because we spoke in July after, you know, you shared with me information about that North Node of Destiny and recognition and then seeing that contrast of like, okay, that may mean that you didn't have that access in a past life. With the experience, the healing experience that I had um, this past weekend, and I went into this very deep uh, meditation and entheogenic meditation, so psychedelic mushrooms, a large dose with it with a shamanic healer, and then going specifically in to look at the doorways of these wounds. One of the things that I felt on a level that it had to go deeper than this life because it truly was just it was this massive energy um, was the feeling of being trapped, controlled, unable to shine my light, um, unsafe to be seen, truly like the, the, and I've chills all over my body as I say that, the opposite of the energy that my soul is being called to in this life. So that resonates with me really deeply. And I feel like, you know, for anyone who's listening, if you have, um, if you keep coming up against either limiting beliefs, um, you know, fears, um, mindset limitations, um, or if you've, if you've just started to kind of brush the dust off of, you know, what I call the box that you keep on the top shelf of your mind closet, right? The place where you put all the shit you're not willing to look at. You put it in this little box, you put it on the shelf of, of your mind closet, and there comes a point in, in, your, in life as you do your soul work, as you do your personal development work, that you're like, I got to open this box, right? And you're talking about shadow work. So it's, it's really related. If you're at that point, I really believe that connecting with astrology could give you a huge amount of freedom, perspective, um, and comfort as you as you walk into what may be a challenging season. So um, I highly recommend that you connect with Raquel um, to learn how the planets are affecting your life, your story, your journey in this human experience. And Raquel, I feel like I could talk to you 
all day, but um, I know we're going to get close to time. So um, I love to know, you know, this podcast is called Totally Stoked. What are like five things that have you totally stoked in life right now? It could be food or activities or, um, you know, uh, people you're learning from, like what's just really lighting you up in life right now? Um, so the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is really embodying and embracing free spirit energy. Um, so free spirit integration. And with that comes a lot of awesome opportunities and new experiences. Um, I'm also really right now like into love. Um, I'm also with a cancer partner. My mom, my brother, both my sisters are cancer. My Venus is in cancer. So I'm really enjoying love without limitations and exploring love beyond that uh, societal cookie cutter, what it should look what like. What does that mean? Does that mean polyamory or what does that mean? Uh, you know, no. I, I mean, I am Latin at the end of the day. So I'm like, <laughs> a, a little too passionate for that. Um, but you know, we are like right now we're doing long distance and uh, we're doing a lot of things that my friends are like, what the hell are you doing? And every time that I get that type of response, I'm like, yes, I'm doing it right because I'm doing it mm -hmm. different. And that's just really working for me. Um, this is also a connection that I'm revisiting. And, you know, everyone says, don't get back with your ex. And so I'm really enjoying the challenges that it's presenting. And I'm really enjoying like the karmic experience and I'm enjoying the triggers. Like mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. He's challenging me. I'm challenging him. And we just keep getting to these deeper layers that I don't think we'd be able to get to in a traditional relationship. I would have broken up with him by now and like blocked and deleted his number. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really loving that. And also, you know, sisterhood and connecting with females is really something that, again, going back to my early 20s, of course, I was like resentful and jealous and it was hard for me to connect with other women. So being able to find the freedom in exploring that and not feeling competitive and not allowing my wounds to prevent me from having a real relationship with a woman um, as a friend and just as a sister, mm -hmm. that's been extremely fun for me. Um, of course, I'm always interested in like food and kind of gallivanting around. And that's why I've been traveling and kind of like nomadic because I know that there's just so much out there. And then the last thing that I'll say I'm really getting into is um, connecting with my ancestors and the women who came before me, um, you know, the mothers, the grandmas, the daughters who are going to come after me. Um, I've been breaking a lot of ancestral line issues like poverty consciousness and curses and heartbreaks. And, you know, in my Tamaskal ceremony, I connected in with women names that I didn't even know were of great, great, great grandmothers that I would tell my mom and grandma. And they're like, oh my God, how did you know that name? I'm like, I don't know. It came in ceremony. And they were coming to me, telling me all the problems and all the things that they didn't get to solve. Mm -hmm. And so I asked them to take all of that and to put it into my physical vessel and give it to me mm -hmm. so that I could take it here. Mm -hmm. And I took it and I cried. And as the shaman's like whipping my back with palms, I'm just bawling and sweating and um, I kind of was a little self-sacrificing in that way, which I do think sometimes as females, we are self-sacrificing in a way that's not productive. And I've been ex trying to experience and explore how can I make sacrifices that are for the greater good and that have a humanitarian vibration to them? Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. And, you know, one of the things that we have to do when we're willing to do shadow work, when we're willing to actually witness our wounds is not just witness the way in which that has negatively impacted us, but we have to witness the harm that we have done unto others. And we have to look at these generational connections and our ancestral line, because we do carry, for lack of a better term, the sins of our fathers. And that doesn't, the best way that I can explain that is like, you have the ability to heal back in time, right? When you heal yourself, you can actually heal your entire lineage. But in order to do that, there is an element of self-sacrifice and you do have to be willing to um, be uncomfortable. Like you've got to be willing to be uncomfortable. And that's something that I think we're not actually often super willing to do. Um, so thank you so much for sharing those things. For people who are like, this is so dope. I got to learn more. Can you recommend a book? Take us to the book club. What should they read to learn more or to, to start to dive into their study of astrology? Yes. So The Inner Sky by Stephen Forrest. Um, he's someone that I had the privilege of studying under 
Um, he is really like the <laughs> godfather of evolutionary astrology. He really brought it into the mainstream in the 60s and the 70s and paved the way for us astrologers today to talk about the soul in the natal chart and really take us beyond that you know, back of cosmopolitan sun sign horoscope. And so reading the inner sky is, it's an enlightenment. And I, I believe that any person, any skeptic, if they had that book in their hands and they just read the first four pages, it would completely change their perspective and open their minds. Okay. That's the challenge to you guys. Just the first four pages <laughs> and get it on Amazon. We'll link it in, in the uh, show notes. Okay. So if you guys are ready to learn more, you need to go connect with Raquel. Um, you can do that on Instagram. She's uh, Rock Ray LA. So R-A-Q-R-E-Y-L-A is her Instagram. Go follow her. She posts super inspiring quotes each day. She shares really powerful knowledge and information. Um, and you can also go to that same name, uh, Rock Ray LA. So R-A-Q-R-E-Y-L-A.com is her website. If you want to book a reading, I have, I think, referred all of my clients to you. Some of them, I've bought the readings for them. And every single person has come to me in a combination of joy and tears afterwards and just said, this was so healing. This was so powerful. And, and these are women that come from you know, restrictive religious backgrounds or just totally open-minded, free-spirited um, skeptics and believers alike. So really, um, you know, Raquel, I think you said it best. Like, it's not about getting outside of your comfort zone. It's about gradually stretching and expanding your comfort zone to be able to hold more. Um, and that's what, that's what we're doing here. That's the work that we're doing. Um, the last thing I want to ask you about is specifically for, because I know so many of my listeners are entrepreneurs. They're women who are building their businesses. Um, how can this help them? How can astrology help them get more clarity on what they should be doing next? Yeah. So I built my entire business based on astrological transits. <laughs> so if you start following me, you'll notice I'm only ever selling during a certain point in the month. I'm only ever talking about things at a certain point of the month. So Astrology is very conscious of linear time. And so if you can start utilizing the linear time for launching certain programs, um, for talking about certain things that you're doing, there are times that are better than others because sometimes in the sky, the planets get pissed off. So if Mercury is retrograde or you know even Venus is retrograde, that's really not a time to initiate, for example. And every client that I've ever had that I've talk to them about these linear dates as to like when to launch. They have seamless launches, things that sell out. And, you know, it, it's clock, like clockwork. And if I didn't see all these results, I would never, ever, ever share it with anyone because I am a Virgo sun, Capricorn moon, and I'm just a results person. Mm -hmm. So I need to see that. And so in business, there are parts of your chart that will really tell you about your strengths, but also to remember that your weaknesses are in there as well. And any good entrepreneur is dying to know what those are so that they can move through them. Awesome. So if you guys want to learn more, book a reading with Raquel. She also um, has some education programs that are going to be released soon if they're not already out. So go to her website, Rock Ray LA. Um, it's linked in the show notes. You can get more information about those um, and blow your own mind. You guys, I'm telling you, I, I can't, recommend you highly enough. Thank you so much for taking the time and just sharing your gifts with us. And, um, yeah, I'm, I personally, like I'm on board. You have made me a believer and like, I'll be checking in with you quarterly so I can keep my, my life on track. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to everyone for listening. I know that our time is valuable here, especially if you're a business owner, a mom, a wife, whatever. I know that taking the time to listen is an investment in and of itself. So I just want to say thank you for everyone listening and for being so open-minded and, you know, sharing in the space with us today and in the energy of it all. Thank you so much. I want to leave our listeners with, um, with one piece of either the most powerful confidence advice or personal development advice, if you, if you had to share one of your most powerful uh, lessons or takeaways in life, what would that be? Um, for me, it's really simple and it's to question everything. Never stop questioning, question everything, ask a million questions if you need to, but just continually be asking questions and seeking. 
Awesome. That, yeah, it's ask, seek, knock, you guys. The door will always open to you. So I love you so much for coming. I love you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on another episode of Totally Stoked Podcast. If you love this episode, if it impacted you in some way, please grab a screenshot and share it right now to Instagram stories. Tag Stoked Yogi, hashtag Totally Stoked Podcast. Each week, we'll grab one listener who shared and send you some Stoked Yogi swag. Also, if you love the show, please subscribe, share it with a friend, or head over to iTunes right now and leave us an honest review. Your support and feedback make this show possible. If you have ideas about how we can improve, please send them to podcast at stokedyogi.com. Until next time, you guys, keep showing up, loving people, telling the truth, and remember, keep living your life totally stoked.